Welcome to Investment Moments with Momentum Investments, where we talk to investment professionals and financial experts about savings and investments. We unpack all things investments to give you insights to help your clients achieve their financial goals. I am Levashni Naika, Communications Specialist at Momentum Investments. Joining me in studio is Martin Rickert, Executive Head of Retail Investments for Momentum Investments. Good morning, Martin. Welcome to the studio. Hi, Levashni. Thanks for having me. Martin, with July being Savings Month, can you remember where your savings journey began? <laughs> I indeed can. And this is a bit of a flashback. Um, so I think for me, my savings journey started the first month that I started to work. Um, and maybe two things. So when you join Momentum, you become part of the of the retirement fund. And needless to say, there your savings journey starts because you need to then every month contribute to your, to your pension fund. Um, but at the same time, I also realized that if I do not put a portion of my first month's salary away for some future need, I will just spend that money and then it will become part of my lifestyle. Um, so that's one thing that I think actually savers should take into account as soon as they can. Ideally, the first time you receive a salary, you should actually start to put money away um, because it's easier to to create the habit at that stage as opposed to creating a lifestyle, getting into your normal lifestyle, and then only start to create the savings habit later on. I think it becomes very difficult then. Yes, I think that's true. I think you need to start embedding it into your routine so that you never, it's, it's what my dad used to always say was just put it away and forget about it. Exactly that. Martin, when it comes to the term saving and investing, is it important to know the difference between these two terms? Um, so for me, I think to know the difference between saving investment is not critical in order to actually start a savings habit. However, it's useful to understand what I believe the two different difference between the two is um, and then to ensure that, that becomes part of my habit. So for me, savings is the act of putting money away for future use. So as I said, for my first salary, it was a conscious choice to take a portion of that money and put it somewhere safe where then I can build up some wealth over time and use it for some future need. Investing for me is the process where you take those savings that you have just put away and then to invest it in the, in the investments market to ensure that your savings grow over time. So one way to save is to put your money under your bed or under your mattress, although at least it's then close to you personally, it's not a great way to ensure that your savings keep up with inflation over time. So by taking your savings and investing it gives you a better chance of ensuring that it actually grows over time. I think when we were all young, we start to think about savings and we have different savings goals. And maybe that's where we get overwhelmed as how to save for these different goals. Can you maybe go into some detail about how you do this? Yeah, 100%. And I think lots of research has been done on this. So this is not my own thinking. It's actually part of the research that we've done at Momentum Investments. And it seems that there are four main categories of savings goals that people are typically saving for. The one is probably the one that most people think of, and that's for a rainy day. So that is just putting money away for when life happens and you need to have some extra cash available in order to ensure that you get through a difficult time in your life. The second theme is also one that most people are familiar with, and that's saving for retirement. So that's ensuring that you put money away on a regular basis so that one day when you either stop working or reduce your numbers at the, at the work environment, that you can still provide yourself with an income to at least ensure that you can enjoy your retired years. Now, the third category 
is usually close to parents' hearts, and this is saving for education. So that is where you ideally, as soon as it's, as your child is born, starting to put money away so that they can go to university or these days even just go to school, right? The cost of schooling in South Africa is becoming incredibly high at the moment. So ensuring that there's enough money putting away or put away for your kids is definitely the third theme. And then the last one is a bit of a catch net for, for all other saving goals. And typically we articulate these as saving for life goals. So this is either saving for a deposit on your first house or saving for a holiday at the end of the year or any other life goal that you and your family are working towards. Martin, I think it's common knowledge that South Africans are not saving enough for retirement. What do you think is the most critical component to financial success? Your financial success is such a big and a wide word, right? But for me, it all begin. It all begins with what is my personal definition of success, and I think it differs. What's what's for me successful from a financial perspective will be different to you, Levashni, in terms of what's successful to you. And and one thing of the research that we've also seen is that if you articulate a clear goal for yourself, then the chances of you reaching that goal becomes higher because you are working towards something and you know what that personally means for you. So first step in my mind, what's critical for, for financial success is articulate your own aspirations and goals. Know what you and your family are working towards and almost commit together to say that we want to make this work whenever that goal um, should materialize. And then probably the next step, and I think this is where South Africans are really struggling, is by just starting the act of saving is the first step. And you can start small, right? It's not as if you need to put away every month a 1,000 or 5,000 rand. You can start small. There are saving solutions out there in the market that start as small as 250 rand, but even some some um, uh, more banking solutions, even as low as 50 rand a month that you can put away in order to save for a future for a future goal. So for me, number, step number two is make sure that you start. Number one, get the goal right and then start the process of saving towards your future aspirations. And then the third one, which is obviously close to momentum investments hard, is stick to your plan. Make sure that you continuously review the plan, stick to it, and ensure that you persist in order to get to that goal. Because it was something personal to you, right? You would have started with a goal that makes sense for you personally and for your family. And by persisting, is probably the most crucial part in order to reach that success. Martin, you, meant, you mentioned sticking to your goal and you know identifying your needs as a family and where you want to be. How do you think that will change and how do you think you need to reevaluate this once your your lifestyle changes or once you get married or once you you have children excellent point because life do happens and nothing will pan out exactly as you originally planned now some of the investment or savings goals are more shorter term right so if you are saving for a holiday in december Probably not a lot can go wrong during that year, um, although it might happen, but I think it's less likely that things will change in a short period of time. Now, compare that to saving for education, where if you start saving when your child is born and it's for tertiary education, then that is an 18 to 20 years time span. And a lot of things can happen in that period of time. Um, and I almost want to say that some things will happen. It's unlikely or even impossible for everything to pan out exactly as you plan for. But that's why the reviewing of your savings goals on a regular basis is also important. Typically, financial advisors do this on an annual basis. Um, and maybe for some longer-term goals, it makes sense to do it less frequently than annual. But on a regular basis, do a bit of a dipstick with your, your financial advisor 
ask what are the things that have changed? Am I still on track of, of reaching my goal? And if not, what can I do in order to, again, get back on track in order to, to reach my, my financial goals? Martin, at Momentum Investments, we believe investing is personal. How would you explain that in terms of outcome-based investing and what does it mean to you? It also goes back to the goal setting that I've mentioned at the start. Um, so if you have a very specific plan or goal that you want to reach for from a savings perspective in, say, 10 years' time or five years' time, we recognize that in order to ensure that you reach that goal, you need to have some, number one, duration that you save for, and number two, some return target that you are aiming for. Now, outcomes-based investment does exactly that. It says that if you as a client invest or commit for a specific period of time, then we in the investment business will do everything in our ability in order to achieve those um, inflation-related goals for a specific period of time. So in a five-year time period, we typically know from, from research and, and modeling that we have done that we can expect to, to, give, to aim for a return that is inflation plus 6%. Now, that helps you to plan accordingly, right? So if you know that there's a, a reasonable chance that you will earn inflation plus 6% over this time period of five years, you can you and your financial advisor can do the calculations to say that I need to put so much money away in order to achieve that savings goal in five years. So outcomes-based investment certainly talks to setting financial goals and ensuring that you set up a plan in order to persist in, in sticking to the goal and or sticking to the plan in order to reach that financial goal. Another great way for people to save or invest, rather, is tax-free savings. We have our flexible tax-free option. Can you please explain how these savings options work and also why we don't use the term savings? Sure. I, I think um, why we don't use the term savings, there's absolutely no reason behind it. I think it's more just our product naming conventions leans more towards the flexible tax the tax-free option. Um, however, how the product works is this is a product that was initiated a few years ago by National Treasury where they wanted to encourage South Africans to save more. And what they've put in place is that they've essentially said that you as an investor can invest up to 36,000 rand per annum either in a lump sum or in a recurring basis, but 36000 over a 12-month period, you can invest in a tax-free solution and any return that is being generated as part of the, of the solution will, will be tax-free for the period of the investment. But that's a wonderful incentive, right? Because that means that, that SARS won't take a portion of your investment returns that you earn over the duration of your investments and that the benefit of compound interest then kicks in and you get that amazing benefit of getting growth on growth um, by not paying tax and then your investment can grow quite materially in the long run um, if you invest in a tax-free savings option. And with reference to the savings goals we mentioned, which type of person would be interested in a tax-free savings account? That's a good question and I think there are various views in the markets. Um, so I think more often than not, tax-free savings are thought of as a short-term savings vehicle where you put money away either for a rainy day or for education, whereas I have a bit of a different view. It can be used for the long term if you leave it in there to grow. That's the point. That's the point. And that's where my personal view comes in. I think you get maximum benefit from a tax-free vehicle 
if you actually invest for the very long run because then that compound interest just grows and grows over time and hence the most efficient way in my view of, of making use of that vehicle is for example for retirement savings imagine the benefit of compound growth over a 20 to 30 year time period that you can extract as opposed to only investing for five years and then withdrawing your money from your tax-free vehicle and you can always increase the amount that you decide to put in there as time goes by. 100%. As long as it doesn't breach the 36,000 rand per annum, you can change that over time. The only limit, of course, is that SARS have, have put an ultimate lifetime limit of 500,000 in. So as, as the moment that you as a single investor have reached the 500,000 rand limit in your personal capacity, then you won't be able to contribute. But to be honest, for many South Africans... Half a million rand of investment is a large amount. Um, so I still think it can be an incredible, valuable vehicle if you use this for the, for the long run. And also, you don't have to have, it just doesn't have to be you. It can be your family that has a policy as well. So Exactly. In fact, what we've seen is many parents take out a tax-free vehicle in their kid's name. And I think that is such a wonderful thing. Imagine if your, if your child is born and during his or her first year, you take out the tax-free savings on his name and you contribute to that every year, imagine the growth that that child will can expect over 18 to 20-year period. And if you surprise them at that point in time to say that we've saved already for you in the last 20 years, I think that is a wonderful way. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I've actually done that. Oh, have you? And, you know, whenever I'm tempted to actually spend and buy him things in the moment, I think rather put it in the tax-free savings account. I mean, you set them up for a wonderful future, right? I mean, it's certainly more than many of us have actually experienced in the past. So I think that's a wonderful gesture. That is true. Lastly, Martin, what advice would you give to your younger self when it comes to investing and saving? <laughs> well, that's a... Uh, considering the fact that you started saving from day one, so... <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, Despite the fact that I started saving early on, I can't say that for all my savings goals, I've persisted. Um, so I also started certain savings goals along the line. But then life did happen, and unfortunately, I had to to cancel some of my re, of my savings. Um, so one thing, at least, my retirement savings have have continued right through, and I think that's going to be something that I will thank my future self for one day. But for the rest, I think the advice that I will give myself is stick to the plan. Make sure that when you do commit to something that this is first priority and hence that you don't take your salary first spend and whatever is left you put away for savings. Do it the other way around. The moment that you receive your salary, ask yourself what is important for me and what is the money that I first want to put away for my future self and then make sure that I adjust my lifestyle for whatever is money is left thereafter. I think that will probably be the one thing that I will tell my younger self. I like that. Take care of your future self first. Exactly that. Martin, thank you for your time and your valuable insights today. Thank you very much. It was lovely to be here. You've been listening to Investment Moments with Momentum Investments. Thank you for listening.